Hi, I'm Harry Littman, host of Talking Feds, a roundtable that brings together prominent figures from government law and journalism for a dynamic discussion of the most important topics of the day. Each Monday, I'm joined by a slate of Fed's favorites and new voices to break down the headlines and give the insider's view of what's going on in Washington and beyond. Plus, sidebars explaining important legal concepts read by your favorite celebrities. Find Talking Feds wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Muller She Wrote. The she in Muller She Wrote is no accident. Did you know we are 100% women-owned and operated? Every single person that helps make this podcast possible identifies as a woman. Our creative and web design, our engineer and producers, our editors and digital media manager, our agent, our ad execs, our merchandising manager, and even the postal service clerk that helps me with shipping in our P.O. box. All women and all LGBTQ plus allies. We will continue to employ and partner with women as our podcast grows, but we could use your help. Please support women in podcasting by visiting MullerSheWrote.com and become a patron today. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your anonymous host, A.G., Uh, If you're new to MSW, allow me to explain. I work for the Trump executive branch of the federal government, and in order to avoid violating the Hatch Act or drawing the ire of Trump and getting fired, I keep my identity ambiguous at best. Uh, Most of you probably know who I am, but I just need to keep my name and my title out of my politics. And when I say I'm smashing the Crotch Act, by the way, that's an inside joke from a time I tried to unsuccessfully say that I was crushing the Hatch Act. So, <laughs> enough about me. Uh, with me, as always, are comedians Julissa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How was your Memorial Day weekend? Good. Dude, it was dope. We hung out with you. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised I asked. <laughs> but it's in the script, so I have to say it. Yeah. No, it was great. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. We had a good time. Um, all right. This week, Julissa, you're going to talk about Trey Gowdy mm-hmm. and how he completely debunked Trump's Spygate claims this week. On Fox News. Jordan, you're going to be covering a guy named Babchenko. Yeah. Uh, He was a Russian journalist shot dead in the Ukraine. Uh, But there's a twist. Um, Some movie shit. We're going to M. Night Shyamalan (laughs) you. Uh, I'm going to talk about Jeff Sessions and Trump's efforts to get him to unrecuse himself. Uh, This week, we also have four bonus episodes, you guys, including a free best of season one. Plus our uh, MSW book club that comes out on Wednesday. So patrons will get something from us every day this week. Um, If you're not a patron, please rate us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe. uh, And we hope you enjoy the best of episode. But for now, um, oh, and I did want to mention this too. And I think I I brought this up in the pre-roll. But we have a contest on Twitter where once we hit 10,000 followers, I'm going to buy one of them, a randomly selected uh, follower, a PlayStation 4. And 
a lot of people are not telling their friends about it because they don't want to lower their chances, but it's that's not mathematically correct. I can't buy the thing unless we hit 10,000. Your chances are one in 10,000 no matter what. So if you want us to reach 10,000 faster and see if you win the PlayStation sooner, it behooves you to tell all your friends to follow us on Twitter. It's actually not working against you uh-huh. uh, because of maths. Okay. So uh, anyway, let's get into the week's news with just the facts. All right. First, you guys, I have a correction from last week on the Taxi King roll-up story, right? Uh, Michael Gregory shared with us on Facebook that when I said his fine dropped from $5 million to $50,000, that was incorrect. It wasn't the fine that was dropped. It was the tax scheme mm-hmm. amount he'd been charged with. Uh, he still has to pay $1 million in back taxes and fees or the deal is off. So thanks to Michael for pointing that out. We always welcome your corrections, so tweet at us at Muller She Wrote, yeah, or find us on Facebook and send me a message, um, or you can tweet at Jalisa. What's your What's your Twitter handles, you guys? Tweet Jalisa, and uh, Jordan's confused, right? Yeah, Jordan's confused. <laughs> I love it. Um, the Newsweek, believe it or not, um, started off pretty slow. It might might have been because of the holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't really pick up till Tuesday, but it was nice to have a little rest from the insanity, honestly. But uh, Tuesday, uh, Trump decided it was a good idea to tweet out that Mueller is going to meddle in the midterm elections. Not Russia, not UAE, not Saudi Arabia. Bob Mueller is going to meddle in the elections. This is so offensive on so many levels, particularly since we reported a couple weeks ago that Tennessee's recent election was hacked by pro-Putin Ukrainians already, and that Trump's complete denial of Russian interference is going to make the midterms very susceptible to hacking and attacks from foreign actors. Then, uh, to turn that around and blame it on an American hero and a decorated war veteran, Mueller is pretty disgusting, uh, especially coming from a guy who dodged the draft five times. But, yeah, and this all fits his narrative of having an FBI informant in his campaign. Uh, yeah. Spygate. Totally. Well, you're going to tell us a little bit about Spygate later on, Julissa, with what Trey Gowdy said. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mueller filed uh, pre-sentencing court documents in the Pinedo case. I don't know if it's Pinedo or Pinedo. We've got a lot of no tildes. I was going to say, yeah, no tilde <laughs> Pinedo. <laughs> it could be Pinedo. Um, if his name sounds familiar, it should. We reported on his indictment. Um, this is another guy, American, who's been indicted in the Mueller investigation uh, in our Sweet 16 episode. Um, and it basically, he was the guy who... Uh, he was a California guy who put all the fake identity identities together for the Russians who came over and to act like mm-hmm. uh, Trump campaigners. Yeah. Yeah. And there was also another indictment of an American named Pinedo, Pinedo, no tilde Pinedo. The one from California. He might also be Portuguese. I don't know. <laughs> uh, a Californian, right, who apparently oh, no. uh, got the fake IDs for these Russians so they could open <laughs> bank accounts to fund their efforts. So they could go clubbing on this. <laughs> yeah, clubbing seals. <laughs> Sorry, it's not okay. <laughs> what are you talking about, Jesse know. Egan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to pride our podcast on being thorough and not missing much. Um, I've got a picture of the court filing that I'll send out in this week's newsletter to the pre-sentencing court document. Don't worry, we will update you on when sentencing occurs or if another filing on this guy drops so you don't have to do any of the work. That's the benefit of this podcast. (laughs) I follow it all for you. Uh, But yeah, we, we, we we don't miss too much. So that's I'm happy about that. Like usually when this stuff comes out, I can point back to it in a past episode and it's there so mm-hmm. that's fun for me i don't know i'm weird um 
Office Depot is like porn to me. I'm just, I'm an odd person. So anyway. Being in the store physically? Yeah. All the organization? Yeah. All the office supplies? <laughs> it's so hot. Yeah. I can't get enough of... Uh, it gives me anxiety. Oh. <laughs> Too many sad. options. Yeah. Oh. I just like big piles of things. <laughs> You're not really an organizer? Yeah, not really. <laughs> you should start a business, like have me come and deorganize your closet. Yeah. <laughs> you can just take everything apart and put it in piles. That'd be great. <laughs> or I'll have a store that caters to hoarders and everything is just in yeah. big separate piles everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if people would buy that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go the opposite way. Like, start some weird fad. Yeah, like the thrift store, except it's not reused. <laughs> it's new. You just pay full price. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, it was reported Tuesday that Arkady Babchenko, he's a prominent Ukrainian journalist. Uh, actually, he's a Russian journalist living in the Ukraine, a Putin critic. He was shot at the age of 41 and died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. But like I said, this story has a little bit of a Lazarus element to it. And uh, Jordan's going to go over that a little bit later in the show. Juicy. Yes, very juicy. The big news Tuesday came out late when the New York Times, good old Mike Schmidt from our sexy justice calendar, which we have in hand. Oh, yeah. And we're sending out this week. I'm so excited. We've got a lot to send out. So (laughs) bear with us, but we'll get them to you. Um, And thank you for being patient on that. But they look so good. I love Mm them. I can't wait. Yeah. Good old Moxie Design Studios really hooked us up with that. Um, Anyway, Mike Schmidt reported new information on Jeff Sessions. And I'm going to go over this and the implications a little later in the show. Big, big story. Uh, previously unreported. It's it's kind of rare these days that we get new chunks of news, you know? Everything's kind of... Right. A part of a string of things. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something we're already following. Uh, we learned Tuesday that the taxi king, uh, Evgeny Friedman, who we mentioned in an, uh, earlier in a correction at the top of the news here, um, we reported last week he pleaded guilty to tax evasion and larceny with a hugely reduced sentence. Um, but he was actually offered a deal before the Cohen raid that he turned down. Apparently, he was offered two to six years in prison and a $1 million fine, and he said no to that. Um, Then a few days later, FBI raided Cohen, and a month later, he accepted this new deal with no jail time and a fine. Um, It's important because there's no actual direct link between the Cohen raid and the sweetheart deal that Freeman was offered. There's no actual direct evidence that he's flipped on Cohen, but the timing is such that it's pretty obvious to me, at least, and now adding... A rejected first deal the week before the Cohen raid just kind of bolsters bolsters that conjecture. So mm-hmm. funny. I like the irony of his last name. What <laughs> if he went to jail? <laughs> right. Oh, um, Friedman. Friedman. <laughs> I'm like Evgeny. Oh no. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it is interesting that he's anyway. Yeah. Uh, more clues dropped this week that Manafort will be indicted. Uh, sometime in the future. More indictments, superseding indictments. We all remember last week when Mueller said in a filing that Manafort is only currently charged for a subset of his conduct. So that's one clue from last week. And now this week, a judge denied Manafort's motion to get redacted information from two search warrants on him. And the judge said, quote, there isn't anything in the redacted parts that has anything to do with current investigations or current charges. To me, that means he's under investigation for other stuff. Um, we learned that he's been uh, raided as recently as March, and they took 12 of his phones or something. I can't remember. A lot of, <laughs> more than one phone. Straight jacket of trench. What is that called? Trench coat? Yeah. The watch guy. What yeah. coat does he wear? <laughs> you say a coat that is. A harmonica vest of cell phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's clear to me that he's under 
uh, investigations for crimes of collusion. And I say crimes of collusion, although many of you might say collusion is not a crime, but the Justice Department calls them crimes of collusion. Mm -hmm. So whether that comes out in some crime of collusion that we don't know exists, or if crimes of collusion mean conspiracy, computer fraud, uh, racketeering, you know, any number of other charges, but crimes of collusion is something, is a thing, according to that four-page, mostly redacted Rosenstein memo mm-hmm. that, that the one that Nunez has the boner for. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going to get it. Um, to, but yeah, so he... Now, all seven of my clues, I have a lot. I've been f- tracing these clues for a while now. I did a mini-sode on it, I think, or either a hot note or a mini-sode um, a while back, but I've put them all together in a mini-sode this week. So check that out, all seven clues. I also did a whole Twitter thread on it, if you want to find that on Twitter. So anyway, the clues are there. Um, conjecture is real. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow us uh, at Mueller She Wrote. Uh, Wednesday morning, Trey Gowdy went on Fox News and debunked Trump's spygate, uh, but went on to say he thinks Trump is innocent. Jaleesa is going to go over that and more on Trey Gowdy a little bit later in the show. One of our listeners asked us, hey, it's time, time for a, a chunk on Gowdy. And like, hey, maybe. <laughs> nice. We'll give, we'll give you one. We also learned that there's another theory going around again about what kicked off the FBI investigation into Trump Russia. And it's not Papadopoulos. Now, apparently, there were multiple signals in, uh, signals intelligence alerts. Those are called SIGINTS. S-I-G-I-N-T. That's funny. <laughs> Fucking government. Um, SIGINTS? SIGINTS. SIGINTS. <laughs> SIGINTS alerts. SIGINTS. <laughs> you have to say it like like that, too. <laughs> like how I have to say lasers. Lasers. Or I have to whisper sizzler. Like I can't. That's really funny. There's no other way to say SIGINTS. That's you have funny. to do it that way. Laser. <laughs> lasers. Lasers. <laughs> uh, anyway. It's these SIGINTS that sparked the FBI's interest. Um, There were multiple of them from many countries, mostly Britain. And that's actually how most investigations get kicked off. And we have a whole mini-sode this week about SIGINTS. And uh, the Guardian article from a year ago, by the way, (laughs) that reported this initially, this uh, theory about how the FBI investigation started. Different theory from New York Times. And different theory from Nunez memo. Like everyone's got all these theories about so how about how the investigation started. I, for me, it's like who gives it an F? Um, if you broke the law, you broke the law. Right. I mean, I understand like Fourth Amendment shit. Like if you, you know, you can't start if like if they based an investigation on some faulty information. Okay, but they didn't. It's not. Yeah, I guess as long as it went through the proper court procedures to get the warrants they needed to actually start the investigation, then yeah, it shouldn't matter at all. Yeah, and we ha- we know for a fact that anything close to the president is going to have extra scrutiny. Nobody's going to just rubber stamp these things. Mm-hmm. Um, all, they all had to probably go through Sessions or Rosenstein, um, and it, it all has to be top level, like probably multiple judges have to sign off on it. It's got to go probably through a couple other, uh, the legal... Um, legal counsel of Department of Justice has to look at it, probably. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I can't do. imagine it's an easy thing. We had that one question, right, of the process that you had to go through to get the, what, what was that? The FISA warrant. The FISA warrant, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, that was the most extensive thing <laughs> I've ever heard. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and then even just the process to get a warrant to raid Cohen's office. Any, any, 
warrant to raid a lawyer's office has given extra scrutiny and especially if it's the president's lawyer it's going to be given like as much like you can't fuck that up you know Mm -hmm. and to sit here and be like "Mm, it's wrong it was illegal i highly doubt it dude they're they're not going to go through this exercise if it won't hold up in court which sounds like it might go there so Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll see uh, Trump tweeted out Wednesday, actually, that he wished he'd picked another attorney general. Uh, just piling onto the corrupt intent needed for obstruction of justice. He's really made no bones about it. He wanted an attorney general that would shield him from the Russia investigation. What did the tweet say? Oh, what did it say? It just, uh, it was basically, I, I have to read it to get it get it to you exactly, but it said I wouldn't have hired Jeff Sessions. It was a mistake. Um, if... It was repeating his old yeah. stuff about how so if funny. he knew he was going to recuse himself, he wouldn't have put him in the job. Yeah. The <laughs> armchair thoughts he probably has in a damp corner with the fireplace on is like what he's just tweeting out for the whole world to say. Like, man, I really shouldn't have done that. Like shower thoughts. I right? fucked up. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, why are you telling There's me No filter. He doesn't run it by anyone. It's amazing to me. Oh, get this. I'm my boyfriend. Andrew McCabe is in the news this mm-hmm. week. A new McCabe memo surfaced on Wednesday. Brand new. Never seen before. As reported by the New York Times, Schmidt again, showing concern about Rosenstein's memo, a uh, letter, Rosenstein's letter that he wrote saying Comey was fired for handling, uh, the, his poor handling of the Hillary email investigation. Um, Rosenstein told McCabe in a Justice Department meeting that Trump originally wanted him to put Russia in the memo, uh, but didn't say why he wanted to leave russia out so mccabe wrote a memo about that meeting and now Mueller has that memo he has the original letter that trump wrote about why he wanted to fire comey and then he he has we've all seen the the letter rosenstein wrote to justify the firing of comey but rosenstein had that trump's letter with him when he was composing his right letter and he it trump had russia in there and he Decided not to put Russia because he knew. He was like, if you put Russia in here, you're fucking obstructing justice. You dumbass. I know. But he gave, but but McCabe wrote all that shit down and gave it all to Mueller like a long time ago, probably. So, haha. Um, Just more evidence that McCabe is a target um, for Trump Mm -hmm. because he's a witness in the special counsel's obstruction case. So, anyway, that's my baby. (laughs) Also Wednesday, uh, there was a hearing in the Cohen case. This was a pretty cool hearing. The judge ruled Cohen's team has till June 15th to review the documents given to them by the special master, Barbara Jones. That's not a lot of time. Perfect. Um, But yeah, but she decided they were begging for more time. They're like, we have 20 guys working on it, 24 all Memorial Day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Looked over a million things and 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 apparently there's two blackberries that haven't even been broken into yet um the fbi they're at quantico and there's uh <laughs> when they raided cohen they got a bunch of shredded documents and they're right. putting them back together at quantico right now i saw that and so the lawyer's like we don't even know how much stuff that's gonna be and we can't well we're gonna we just need more time and the judge is like mm, nope june 15th mm-hmm. womp womp so the prosecution said it would be ready by June 15th. They're like, we're good, um, <laughs> including the piecing together of those shredded documents. And uh, so well, Cohen and Trump are trying to basically slow roll this investigation to push it closer to the midterms so they can say that uh, Mueller's meddling in the election. Um, but we've already done a story on this, that he's probably going to go dark, you know, 
uh, during that time. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I wonder what the cutoff date is, like <laughs> like what he's going to pick, like September 1st or October 1st. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'm a bit confused on what documents exactly they get, they're given by the special master. It's only because they have to retain, I imagine, the ones that, well, I guess not. All of them. They gave them literally all of them. Yeah, they were doing a rolling release from the special master. So instead of going through everything and then dumping everything on them all at once, they've been, as soon as she's she finds something, she's determined that it's not protected by attorney-client privilege, she hands it over. Mm-hmm. And she's been doing that, and they've gotten up to like three million documents. But and they're almost, wow. she's almost done. She just has these two Blackberries she needs to break into, and then she needs to get that shredded shit. And that's the end of it. And so based on that, um, based on when the prosecution says the FBI will have all that hacked and pieced yeah. together, the judge gave him until June 15th to, to review it all. Wow. That's just crazy thinking about how the prosecution has, you know, they know exactly what documents they're going to use and how it fits into their narrative. And then the defense, they have to find a bunch of needles in a haystack <laughs> and connect the dots basically and try to create a solid defense. That's nuts. I would not want to be his fucking attorney. <laughs> no, to have till June 15th to file all yeah. your motions for that you want to like against any of the evidence that you've gone through. That's basically what they have to do. Yeah. Is they're, they're, they're expected to review all of these documents and then file motions to disclude them. Right. To not allow them as evidence. Right. That is crazy. <laughs> and they have they have a huge law firm working on this, though. So, I mean... I don't know. He just rented out a whole firm. Yeah, pretty much. Literally everyone. That's amazing. Yeah, can you? That'd be awesome. Can uh, you do that? I guess so. Yeah. Everyone, drop what you're doing. We have to help this douchebag. (laughs) Yeah, that was. We should have joined a ska band, but instead decided (laughs) to pursue a ska band. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The judge also told Avenatti he has to chill out. You know, he was there in the courtroom like, I'm Michael Avenatti. I want these documents. And the judge is like, fuck out of here. It's a bunch Um, of clowns, this case. (laughs) And after the hearing, Avenatti comes right out of the courtroom and and says, based on what he learned in the courtroom, there are tapes of Cohen's phone calls. And at least one of them has Donald Trump on it. And he knows that for a fact. And the Trump tapes are going to come out. And he's going to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how it sounded. And then, and then he immediately filed a motion to withdraw himself from the case. <laughs> so, or to, like, you know, stay out of the courtroom. Yeah. Because the judge kind of told him. Chill out. Yeah. Yeah. You, why are you even here? Yeah. You have nothing to do with any of this. <laughs> My client. Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, that is really funny. So the prosecution will get everything on June 15th. Yeah. Woohoo. <clears throat> Excuse me. We also learned that. Oh, Quantico, who is busy piecing together the shredded documents, uh, is also trying to to break into two of Cohen's blackberries. I've said that. I think they're his wife's blackberries. Why she has two blackberries, I don't know. Hey, can you hold this for me, honey? Why anyone has blackberry, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, still got that old uh, AOL address <laughs> and his website up on Angel Fire. Uh, Angel when- <laughs> Fire. I remember that icon. <laughs> yeah, right? So bad. The worst font ever. Um, Wednesday, someone opened a legal defense fund for Manafort online. Uh, I think Maddow traced it back to his wife and uh, that uh, Summer Breeze LLC he set up, you know, one of the names for paint that we thought would be good paint color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Seychelles. Horizon, Surf Horizon. Yeah, this one's Summer Breeze. Uh, Helped set that up. So, But what's interesting is what, what Maddow is claiming is that this could be a front for... Someone like, I don't know, 
Trump to dump a bunch of money. Um, yeah, totally. As a quote unquote, keep Hope the faith. One stone. Yeah. Roger Stone. No. Uh, you know the old keep the faith thing from the Watergate era? When um, I don't actually. Nixon said to Halderman, I'm going to get you a pardon. Keep oh, the faith. Oh, oh. Keep the faith. And Halderman's like, don't say that, yeah. dude. Don't even. And they <laughs> recorded it. I don't understand. I'm going to get you a pardon. Yeah. <laughs> like it dangled a pardon, right? So this could be a way for Trump to throw a bunch of money in at at uh, Manafort's legal defense fund to, quote, keep the faith. So I don't know. He's still holding out. He hasn't flipped. He's, he's, mm. he's the not guilty plea. He's the only guy who hasn't pled guilty. Yeah. I still think it's because of what Russia could do to him physically yeah yeah definitely could be i mean yeah he could he's definitely could you know in danger i mean we saw what happened to uh <clears throat> to the um script ball and mm-hmm. all these journalists uh and then uh spain browder bill browder was picked up in spain yeah this week um arrested uh, on an Interpol, Russian Interpol, right? I read that uh, warrant, and then he, after talking to to the Spanish police for like a minute, he they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, you're free to go." Um, <laughs> he's like, Do, "Please don't honor this warrant. They're trying to kill me." Um, and they've been after him for a while. Uh, yeah, it's nuts. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, we'll see what happens with uh, that legal defense fund and how much money goes into it and where from uh maddow also did this whole long story on on the corrupt corruptibility of legal defense funds like none of them have ever been good um there's always like somebody tries to set up a legal defense fund and gets in more trouble because of (laughs) because of the corruption that happens for the money that comes into legal defense funds so we'll see if trump falls for it i i'm I'm here to tell you donald trump if you do that everyone will find out and it, it will be bad for you uh, so please go ahead. Um, then yeah. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday, Trump pardoned Dinesh D'Souza, an Obama-era GOP author, asshole, all-around jerk, um, and floated the idea of pardoning Martha Stewart and Rob Blagojevich. Um, Asha Rangappa tweeted that someone gave Trump, basically gave him a list of all the possible charges against him, and he used it to find celebrities convicted of those charges to pardon. <laughs> um, and also, they all were prosecuted by comey yeah I was or say that part. or um his best friend fitzgerald who we talk about in the comey book who's in chicago it's just it's clear to me that there's like a he's just this is a signal right um why would he's really gonna pardon martha stewart that would be so fucking stupid i hope she refuses it she's already done her time and paid the oh, fine yeah that'd be hardcore She's just like, fuck you, bro. No, I don't, like, want your, I don't want your shitty pardon. <laughs> Insider trading, that's not even relevant to what he's getting investigated for. It's a white collar crime. Yeah, and that's And sense, Comey yes. prosecuted it. That's where the, mm-hmm. I think the real key is. Yeah. And, and Asha also reported that Barbara Underwood, who took over for A.G. Schneiderman, is reopening his request to close New York's pardon loophole. We've been following that on the show, so we'll keep you updated on that. But don't take my word for it. Here's actually a bit of an interview I had with former FBI agent Undermuller and CNN contributor Asha Rangappa. Oh, do you want me to um, answer you with video? Is that better? Um, 
I don't know. I don't think that it'll make a difference. I'm just not sure what, like, this has never happened before. Um, so I'm not Yeah, sure. I do Skype with CNN all the time. So maybe the Russians are trying to, like, thwart this. <laughs> I think they are. That's a very good point. Um, did you... Ivan, let us please have this interview. <laughs> did, did you get the... <laughs> question that I that I threw out that I do. did I did and I started to answer it and then I heard you saying hello hello um <laughs> so okay I'm gonna I'm gonna try to dive right back in all right let me uh, ask, let me ask it again so I can get okay. it all on the same recording so anyway thank you so much for talking to us and I've been dying to ask you about something you tweeted recently that someone had given a list maybe of crimes that Trump or his minions could be charged with and he was using <laughs> that to look for people to pardon Yes. So I just found it noteworthy, this pattern where the people that he, uh, you know, are pardon, he, he's pardoning um, are convicted or were convicted of really almost the exact crimes that he could potentially be on the hook for. So we have Scooter Libby, who was convicted of false statements. And we know that Giuliani has stated that he's very concerned that the president might lie to Mueller if he sits down for an interview. We have Martha Stewart, who was convicted for false statements and obstruction of justice. And obviously we know that he is being investigated for obstruction of justice. Then you have these crimes like campaign finance violations, which Dinesh D'Souza was convicted of. We have uh, public corruption and bribery that uh, Rod Blagojevich was convicted of and, you know, he's considering them. And I should clarify, I think he's he's considering pardoning Martha Stewart. So it's I don't know if there's some weird psychological projection going on or this is kind of an abstract way that he's trying to pardon himself by, like, finding people that have been convicted of this. And he's convinced himself it is completely unfair or if it's more strategic. But either way. You know, he he is he's not finding the people who are unjustly convicted of murder or drug crimes or whatever. Uh, right. These these are these seem to be very personal. Yeah. And it seems like, well, he is circumventing the entire Justice Department um, process that that folks usually go through when they want to use their presidential pardon. Is that right? That's right. But it's you know, it's important to understand that this is where the idea of norms comes into play, right? So the president has a very broad, expansive pardon power that is laid out in the Constitution. Alexander Hamilton argued, you know, to when, when they were creating the Constitution, that there should be a pardon power that's centralized in one person, just like it was in the king. And, the, you know, there was opposition to this because obviously the whole idea of, the revolution and creating a constitution was to prevent the tyranny of the monarchy. But he argued that this was really important for a number of reasons that putting it in the hands of one person could correct situations where there's unfortunate guilt, for example, or promote national healing. And so that he felt that there, that it was important for one person to be able to do this as opposed to a check, you know, or having Congress decide or whatever. The Office of the Pardon Attorney is really something that has been created to to allow for some systemization and fairness in the process, but it's not constitutionally required. So what we have is the president really pronouncing, as a king would, 
that he is pardoning certain people. He's doing it via tweet. And those will hold just as much uh, weight as if they had gone through this other process, which is actually superfluous when it comes to his actual power. Ah, Okay, that makes sense. Um, It's just, uh, yeah, it was just seemed odd to me. Also, it seemed a lot like a, like a signal um, to, you know, Manafort, Cohen, Flynn, anybody else who may have already been indicted or pled guilty or not guilty, that, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not afraid to use my pardon power. That's right. So, you know, I think that there's there are so many levels that you can read these pardons are. So one is what we just talked about in terms of the actual crimes and how he perceives them or how he's kind of trying to thumb his nose at those kinds of crimes. But there is a potential signal that's going to his associates and cohorts. And here's where some of these pardons really make a difference, because things like false statements and obstruction, they're denigrated in the way that some people talk about them as mere process crimes. But we have to remember that things like obstruction of justice, false statements, witness tampering, contempt of court, these are the fundamental pillars of the rule of law because what they do is they protect the process. And rule of law is all about process. It's only when you have a legitimate and fair process that the outcome is legitimate as well. And what he's signaling to these people in pardoning those particular kinds of crimes is, hey, you can lie. You can basically do whatever you want. You can thumb your nose at the court. And I don't care. Uh, That doesn't matter to me. I don't believe that those are actually fair things to prosecute people for. So he's, he's really thumbing his nose at the rule of law and telling his associates at some level that they can too. Yeah. Um, hey, Asha, let me uh, do me a, a, a huge favor. I need, for some reason, it looks like I can't see my little uh, recording app for this call. So it, is it okay if I, I only have a couple more questions for you, if I hang up and call you right back to ensure that this has actually been recording? Yep. Okay. Go ahead. I'll call you right back. Okay. All right. Thanks. No problem. Hello. How are you? We did it. We thwarted the Russians. It worked. Everything's working. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, Finally, on Friday, we learned that Mueller is looking at a new guy. I never even heard of him. I'm sure he's uh, looking at a ton of people we've never heard of. But this is a guy named Gerson, or Gerson, uh, who is a hedge fund manager, and he's been like a pal of Kushner's for like 10 years. The story is that Gerson was in contact with Imbiza and in the Seychelles right before that meeting went down with Nader, Prince, and Dmitriev to open the secure back channel for Russia mm-hmm. and UAE. Yeah. Uh, this guy was also at a mid-December meeting at the Four Seasons in New York. Now we've got another Four Seasons. That's three Four Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so 12 seasons. Um, anyhow, Gerson was there with Kushner, Imbiza, Nader, Flynn, and Bannon uh, at Trump Tower in mid, mid or excuse me, at the uh, Four Seasons in mid-December. Um, NBC reports that Mueller's looking into all of this, uh, according to people f- people familiar with the matter. So now we have to add Gerson to the uh, fantasy indictment league. We'll do that a little bit later, and I'll put him I'll put him in the guilty plea column. He looks like such a bro. I know, <laughs> like a pro MLB player or something. Yeah, like him and Matt Gates hang out 
in their Mitsubishi Eclipse and drink yeah. Coors Ice or whatever. I like uh, Gerson. <clears throat> he sounds like the villain in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Someone's like that guy. Yeah, exactly. Well, Gaston. That yeah. Was his name. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was thinking Le Poisson from, um, <laughs> from Little Mermaid. Is yeah, that what that's from? Yeah, fish. It does. <laughs> I took French in high school because I thought that'd be useful in America. I took German because I also thought too that that would be useful in yeah. in southern on the border. Yeah, yeah, thought it'd be good for. If I had any idea, I'd be living in San Diego <laughs> or just You'd really taken... anywhere in America. Makes Spanish yeah. makes more sense. It just it does really. <laughs> I could take Canadian. Um, yeah, and then I wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, take Canadian. I'm pretty good at Canadian. E. <laughs> anyway, that's the week's news, you guys. So we'll be right back. Greetings, Muller Junkies. This is A.G. from Muller She Wrote. I wanted to remind you guys to book your summer holiday in San Diego for the week of the 4th of July, because on July 3rd, we're hosting Muller She Wrote live at the Comedy Store in La Jolla. Patrons will get a discount code for both regular and VIP tickets, and the VIP tickets get you access to our exclusive post-show meet-and-greet cocktail mixer, where you can meet and hang out with Jordan, Jalisa, our past guests and business partners, and of course, yours truly. Patrons not only get discounts to our live events, but you get membership in the MSW Book Club, access to our entire archive of bonus episodes, a weekly newsletter created by Jordan that includes all the week's articles and my personal research notes, and an array of great gifts, including free VIP tickets, t-shirts, laptop stickers, limited edition loose-leaf Earl Grey polonium tea from our friends at joysteaspoon.com, access to our closed Facebook group, and of course, our sexy justice calendar, which is out this month. So head over to MullerSheWrote.com today and click subscribe to become a patron and then head over to thecomedystore.com slash La Jolla there's a hyphen between La and Hoya for your MSW live Q&A panel meet and greet tickets you'll be glad you did all right welcome back hot notes Today, uh, Jordan has a story for us about a murdered Russian journalist with a plot twist but first Jalisa has a report on Trey Gowdy Yes. So this is from the Huffington Post. Uh, It's basically about how Trey Gowdy contradicts Trump's informant claims. So on Tuesday, during a Fox News interview, Trey Gowdy, the Republican chairman of the House Oversight Committee, said the FBI acted appropriately when it used an informant to gather information about Donald Trump campaign advisors who allegedly had suspicious contacts linked to Russia prior to the 2016 election. Nice. He said, oh, yeah, quote, I am even more convinced that the FBI did exactly what my fellow citizens would want them to do when they got the information they got and that it had nothing to do with Donald Trump. So last week, Gowdy attended a classified DOJ briefing alongside other top lawmakers. I don't, know if I, call, I don't know if I call Devin a top lawmaker. Yeah, you know, this article I mean, unless did. he's just a top. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he's a bottom lawmaker. I was gonna say, I, I don't think he's a top law. Yeah, he's definitely a he's bottom lawmaker. So last week, Gowdy attended a classified DOJ briefing alongside other lawmakers regarding the informant and the tactics the FBI used during the 2016 election. And perhaps because he's retiring this year, Gowdy was the first GOP lawmaker who was briefed on the informant to directly object Trump's claims regarding the FBI surveillance. Since then, Trump has doubled down on his attacks against the Russian investigation, uh, the Justice Department, and the FBI. He claimed the agency infiltrated and spied on his campaign under the orders of President Obama, and he demanded that the Justice Department investigate the accusations and turn over any relevant documents to Congress. 
So actually, at a Nashville rally on Tuesday, Trump attacked the FBI again, reiterating that his campaign had been infiltrated by his political opponents. And he said to the crowd, can you imagine? And they all booed. <laughs> he, that was a, a pretty fucked up rally, too. There's a one point where he says, and MS-13, what do I call them? Oh. And everyone goes, animals. Oh, my like, oh, like the worst freaking concert me out, ever. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Terrible spoken word. But Gowdy insists that the FBI was simply following Trump's orders when it investigated his campaign's ties to Russia. Gowdy said, quote, President Trump himself in the Comey memo said, if anyone connected with my campaign was working with Russia, I want you to investigate it. <laughs> oh, that's right. He yeah. did tell him to do that. So Gowdy said, sounds to me like that was exactly what the FBI did. However, Gowdy did fault <laughs> Democrats for not specifying that Trump isn't the target of the investigation. He said this had nothing to do with Trump. Yeah. And yeah. Sorry. No, they actually did come it. out and say and he wasn't a target. They did. And also, who gives a fuck? It's not their job to come out and say, this person's not a target, this person's not right, a target, right. this person's not a target. It's like people can figure that out for themselves. I think the main points definitely got out for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so uh, so what a, a little bit about Trey Gowdy. Like, where's he from? Who's he? What's he do? He's a Republican. Yeah, I mentioned earlier he was the uh, chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Mm-hmm. He's and, a congressman. Uh, yeah, congressman. He works. He's representative. Yeah. Yeah. He's in that bitch, yeah. <laughs> he's in that bitch. Yeah, and in fact, he's he's Nunez's handler. They send him everywhere with Nunez. Handler. I, I That's what I find. Yeah, I, yeah. I, like, they send him in there to keep Nunez under control. Oh, with the interesting. furry backpack leash thing. Furry backpack leash? <laughs> yeah, I've seen that for kids, yeah. <laughs> Like a teddy bear on their back. Somebody make that for us, please. Find a picture of Gowdy and Nunez walking where Nunez might be a little bit up front, in front, and, and Gowdy has him on a leash because I really with a backpack, like a cute animal backpack. Yeah. Not not some sort of sexy top lawmaker leash. More like a, more like a yeah. Or like, like a five year old in Disneyland. Like, yeah, or like stumbling the, around. The San Diego Zoo gorilla backpack that's yeah. like the monkey on your back and then you get the leaf <laughs> oh god please make it for me please all right uh Jaleesa, thank you so much that was an awesome report of course uh and uh, thanks to the listener who who recommended we do a little bit on on gowdy uh, we wanted to been covered we wanted to cover him for a while and we just we didn't have reason but we had one this week because mm-hmm. he he came out and he basically said trump you're full of shit i didn't even realize that whole trump asked him if anybody was involved in russia i want you to investigate it he told comey that yeah he's so silly and uh, why, why Comey didn't say, oh, we're already on that, sir. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But He's probably holding back. Yeah, relax. maybe a little bit. Uh, so, Jordan, you have uh, some information for us about a guy named Bebchenko, right? I do, yeah. This is a pretty crazy story. It, it It's nuts. It is. I was telling my boyfriend about it today, and he was like, oh, my God. It's like he was watching the Bourne Identity or your, something. Your boyfriend, Devin Nunes? Oh, no, Ryan. Oh, okay. Hilarious. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> My real boyfriend. <laughs> David is a close second, though. Oh, my God. Devin. Why do I I keep saying David instead of Devin Nunes? This is absurd. Because so Devin's sorry. a little, got a little flair to it. Yeah, He's just and such he a looks plain like dude. my Uncle David, that must who be what is it also is. a ridiculously right person in the wrong way. Yeah, Right in the yeah. wrong way. A wrong right person. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, on Tuesday... Former soldier who had actually fought in the Chechen Chechen War, <laughs> yeah, Chechen, funny. the Chechen War, and um, he is a well-known critic of Putin, also a journalist. His name is Arkady Babchenko. 
He uh, was reported to have died by gunshot wounds outside of his apartment in Kiev, Ukraine. He was found by his wife, and it was a really gruesome scene, and uh, announced dead, pronounced dead on Tuesday. And then... Yeah, and wasn't he, like, laying in a pool of blood? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, yeah. She found him shot, like, four yeah, times. Yeah, gruesome. Blood everywhere, yeah. like, bullet Terrifying. holes in his shirt because he was shot. <laughs> and, oh, no way. Yeah. And and uh, and so, a horrible, gruesome scene. He, it's, it's like, he goes to the morgue, everything, right? Next day, Wednesday, he turns up alive at a press conference because he had been working with the Ukrainian officials, Ukrainian police... To essentially stage his murder in an attempt to get leads on assassination attempts from Russia in Ukraine. Yeah. So he walks into this press conference and everyone's like, what? That's intense. <laughs> How crazy is that? That's- Did someone faint like in the movies? We're like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's a miracle. Yeah. Well, it's not even clear yet if his wife knew it was. Uh, his wife knew- His wife wasn't in on it. Right. Okay. She, so that, she thought he was members. dead. Well, she already uh, moved on. Had it's to awkward. Yeah, <laughs> she's and, already like. <laughs> she's like, oh no. <laughs> One day, <laughs> I mourned you. Oh god. Yeah. But but yeah, because he had used swine blood. I read pig he blood. Had, yeah, yeah. Blood. he had pr- th- Trump's blood. Just kidding. Um, he had <laughs> Kathy Griffin. I was just gonna say, if we fuck, it's a good thing we're not. We as should big have her on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. we're well, in trouble. Yeah, he had he had bullet holes in his shirt and everything. It was it's just elaborate. Yeah, completely elaborate. And um, the next day he shows up at this press conference and we learn that in working with Ukrainian authorities, they had helped him fake his own death. And this is a kind of coordinated attempt to protect a critic of Putin that's virtually unprecedented also. I don't think this has really happened. This is a new thing. And it was the, based, the faking of the death. The faking yeah. of the death. Yeah. Working <clears throat> working with Ukrainian officials and authorities to fake a death. To fake a death. In to an find, attempt to get information and also protect to f- him. To get, yeah, and to protect <laughs> him. Yeah, because he was like, because he's very well aware that he had a count on his head. He knew. He oh, was yeah. Like, oh, man. you were his, sure. If you were his wife, do you think you'd bring that up all the time? Oh, like, definitely. Like, oh, I, I need you to even. go, I need you to, like... You know, you need to shut up about this. Well, you need you. <laughs> I thought you were dead one day, so fuck off. Like they just never let him live it down. Basically, Seriously. like that would be it forever and yeah. ever. Oh god, uh, that poor wife too. And I, know. and I wonder if he told her that he has an assassination hit on his head just because he for real does. You know. Yeah. And yeah, how well, terrifying did you get, that would be as a wife. Did you get the story I sent about the? I did. Yeah, yeah. the list. Yeah. 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 So. um Basically, sorry, I'm just going to go through my, you know, I've written my little notepad. <laughs> I'm just going to do that, and then I'll get to um, that, that list of 47. But so the head of Ukraine's security services, Vassil Koritsek, told reporters on Wednesday that they arranged the made-up murder in an effort to catch criminals intended to kill Babchenko. One person has actually been detained, a Ukrainian citizen who has allegedly paid uh, $40,000 to kill the reporter. And then, get this, this guy... How they did it basically was this guy that got paid forty thousand paid a hitman fifteen thousand. The hitman was the one that went and told the authorities, "Hey, I got this call from a guy that's asking <laughs> me to kill him." Whoa. And so that's how they started. That's how to they got the, the lead. Yeah, and that's how they started doing it. And then now this is what's so fucky about it, though, and this is kind of why Ukraine and Bubchenko are getting criticized. Is Russia is now saying that 
every time that there's any reported violence to someone in Ukraine on behalf of Russia, it's just a staged plot. Oh. And, and it's not real. And so this guy, who got paid the $40,000 to orchestrate it, is saying, I knew he wasn't going to die. I was in on it. And that's, oh, wow. and that's his excuse that. right yeah. now. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears throat> so $40,000 guy. Yeah, so the guy that's detained, and I have his name really quick. So Let's, they have the $40,000 guy. They have the $40,000 guy. And $40,000, it doesn't seem like a lot to me. To kill exactly. another human being. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. a Boris car. Herman is the guy's name. That Herman. Boris Herman. Yeah. <laughs> Boris Smith. <laughs> Mr. Herman. Yeah. Paging Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman, you have a telephone call at the front desk. So this guy, Mr. Herman, he he now, his defense is just, yeah, he's just saying, yeah, I know. I was with them. And then the other, the authorities and Babchenko, they're like, no, you fucking weren't. <laughs> you were no, definitely you trying to kill me. <laughs> you were definitely not in on this. <laughs> He's like, no, yeah, I was. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so now. That's now, why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And so. You want Mr. Putin. What a messy. Yeah. What a messy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I can't. Oh, my God. Seriously. This is crazy. It's just so crazy. And. Russia is now retaliating by saying that this is all merely propaganda, and uh, in my opinion, that is sort of an unintended consequence of this, is it's like, okay, well, you look back at all the other deaths and you ask how much of it was, you know, that I don't look on it like that, but it's conceivable that someone could. And, totally. And it's... Yeah, the counter-argument to that would be, though, we came right out with it the next day. Mm-hmm. So... We'll yeah. tell you if we tricked you. Yeah, exactly. We would be bragging. And it's <laughs> reported everywhere that it's just like an unprecedented move and this yeah. isn't something that happens. Yeah, so exactly. But but yeah, it does it does just kind of suck because it's a conceivable point to make I and guess. that's what sucks. I've seen it here. Um like I I watch that I watch cold case files or whatever that ID channel is all the time. It's because mm-hmm. that's what 40 year old white ladies watch. <laughs> uh, I call it bitch in a basement because it's always this woman hosting it. who has got like superimposed on this back digital background of a basement. Oh, that's funny. So I thought you were referring to the person that died. I was like, no, no but that's also funny. <laughs> no, just the host, the live living host. And there was a woman who uh, put out a hit on her husband and they all found out about it somehow. And the husband, um, they faked his death and brought her into the police station. And she was crying. And then he walks in and she's all. Oh, oh my God. And, and he's like, I know what you fucking did. And she's like, Fuck. Oh, you're alive. Oh. Like she's the worst actress ever. Yeah, yeah. So I've seen it here. I've <laughs> seen like, it done here in Bitch in a Basement. But I've, n- I've never yeah. seen it done on a governmental. Because that's like their CIA. Oh and, yeah, and wasn't Jose Grinda this the the guy in charge of that department? He's also the guy who sent Mueller all of the recorded intercepted phone conversations. Um, you remember last week we reported that Spain yeah. intercepted all those phone calls yeah. and sent them over to Mueller. Yeah, didn't same, even make that connection. Yeah, same dude. Yeah, and that and now too. So sexy part- Spanish justice. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and now there. So after this this happens and it all gets staged, Ukrainian authorities. They say that they, they can count at least 30 people that they're fairly certain now are going to have a hit on their heads from Russia because of this plot and successful, I was going to say detonation, <laughs> detaining of <laughs> detention. That paints detention a different picture. Yes, detention. Thank you. Detonation. <laughs> successful detonation of people. 
man, you go to college and it's like, for what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I use algebra every day. I do. But uh, but now they they have it's been reported that Ukrainian officials have found a list of 47 names, not 30. Yeah, 47. 47. I was going to ask. I saw that because I had heard a bigger number. But yeah. Yeah. There it is. So um Hopefully they don't get assassinated, but it is. Let's see, yes, they all get invited to the same party. Coincidentally, oh my God, Jesus Christ! Oh no, it's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this is also dark. I hope. I really, really, really hope that they can continue to do efforts like this. If it was effective in a way that, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't be national news or something. If it's going to give Russia a platform to say they always do this, this is mm. propaganda. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but they're going to say that anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if they never even revealed this and Russia said that again anyway. You know, I mean, they're mm-hmm. Russia's got a lot of dirty tricks. Oh yeah, we see them played out here um, by Trump mm-hmm. quite a bit. For sure, God, it's terrifying. Have they always been killing people like this? Like, yeah, I think so. As I think much? That, I think it's common. Um, I know that we've reported on Litvinenko. Right. Yeah, and definitely over time, just the cases. It seems like it's amping up though doesn't it It seems like it i haven't been tuned into russian I feel assassinations like, yeah, we're, but we're paying a lot more attention and also maybe putin is like you know he's ready and then there yeah. were like two guys that died that were hooked up with the the dossier that we read about in russian roulette exactly. right got blown up in his car or some right? shit yeah they referenced that in a lot of the articles about this story and That's then crazy. the litvanenko and then the skripals and then um, there was also a reporter that was shot outside of the kremlin mm-hmm. in in the russian roulette book that we that we talked about and now this guy uh made it out God. yeah so that's that's the good that's the good news part of this news mm-hmm. is that he didn't die so i did not know and they were... tricked russia <laughs> yeah seriously how amazing is that and yeah. how are they gonna f- like find that person not guilty of knowing <laughs> they're just gonna have to the the herman guy they're just gonna have to get a bunch of warrants i guess and find communications that link it back to russia or something wait a second did i accidentally huge? bring spain into this no 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 um your last segment before okay so yeah yeah the thing about um, um, um browder okay yeah yeah i was i was just gonna say that it's crazy to me how they can arrest somebody with an international group coming in and saying we have a warrant out for that person like how easy it is and then for them to then just dis essentially throw it to the side after a couple questions that's just crazy to yeah me. but didn't i just like maybe like not five minutes ago say something about jose grinda and he was the guy who got all the taped conversations from spain yeah yeah oh. I, re- I remember you mentioned that did this yeah and was i i think i was incorrectly attributing it to this ukrainian plot oh got it i didn't even catch that i was just thinking of what i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> so you guys just pretty much believe whatever i tell you <laughs> hey I'm, I'm open to everyone's thoughts and there ideas. you go well that was a definite mistake so before yeah. you before you send me any emails spain had nothing to do so what were what were you saying that he what uh well spain has nothing to do with no this yeah. fake death no, that no, was no, no, the no, ukraine ukrainian cia yeah uh spain what was I talking about Spain for? Why did I bring up Spain? You know, I don't know. I remember I don't, you mentioning it. Did you it? bring up Spain? You did. You I did. I said, I said Jose, Jose Grinda, uh, just in this conversation. His name I do not know. He's the, he's the head of the Spanish 
CIA. Ah, yes. He's okay. the one who got all the, he's also the, I said, he's also the one who got all of the taped recordings of intercept recordings and sent them to Mueller. Yeah. And you said, oh, I didn't even make that connection. You said sexy Spanish justice and yeah. all that. The oh, reason yeah. you didn't make that connection is because he has nothing to do with the uh, story. <laughs> I yes. don't know why I brought him up. I okay. was just, I'm really, really into funny. The way your brain works. Yeah. I'm just really the into Spain. The way you presented it seemed so, <laughs> it really did seem so correct. I was like, yeah. Oops. I didn't even think about that. Well done. All right. Well, I yeah. I lied, and then I caught myself. Yeah, and, then, and I just went with it the whole time. All right, I'm just here for the ride, guys. You all, yeah. <laughs> I, I hope you guys out there were like, "What is she talking yeah, about?" Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, I think okay. we're do- we're not drinking wine. That's the problem. We're not drinking um, wine. That yeah. is so true. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's definitely affecting withdrawals. The show quality. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. I got the DTs because I don't have any wine. That's exactly right. We need a wine sponsor to solve this problem. I'm, this is I'm a, a commercial. I'm attributing Ukrainian uh, criminal prosecuting success to, to the Spaniards. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about their intelligence agencies talking to one another. Uh, I could have sworn it made sense. Yeah, I it, it sounded really good. Yeah, it did. I guess we, it we'll, sounded we'll, great. we'll listen back. Yeah, we're we'll definitely going to leave, and we're definitely going to leave that in there. Yeah, and then yeah. the correction. I want to see how smooth that went. Clear. I want to see how smooth that went. Just how did I even pull that off? <laughs> Ukraine, Spain. Maybe they rhyme. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, this is how I get through most of my social interactions. With this place. <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. That's crazy, man. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, independent of Spain, this story only involves Ukraine and Russia as of now. Except it actually doesn't because there's a lot of world leaders that are commenting on this and then they seem pretty split. A lot of them are like, yeah, fuck you, Russia. Good on you, Ukraine and Babchenko. And then the others are like, no, this opens up and, you know, it undermines your authority basically now when you come out with stories and that sucks for you. Yeah, they caught him. So it worked. Mm -hmm. Whatever. We'll see. Yeah fucking nuts i know and good on the hitman was it a real hitman if he if he got <laughs> the forty thousand guy <laughs> the or 15, the fifteen thousand guy? guy yeah the fifteen thousand guy he wouldn't he have must the best have been, yelp review yeah right it's like how is he in the yellow pages <laughs> if he's not actually Craigslist. a killer yeah yeah it's on the dark web 80 percent success rate yeah 88 <laughs> percent dead yeah uh, i guess that's what an undercover cop the whole concept is that's mm-hmm. what you get yeah. for for not doing your own work man yeah you gotta. That's that's why I have a hard Seriously. time delegating. I go yeah. to Fiverr for all my assassinations. <laughs> <laughs> Do a spitball. Fiverr. And yeah. you think now this guy is only getting twenty five thousand after the fifteen thousand he's going to give to this dude? That is hardly any money. Yeah, for a human life, no. Right, twenty five thousand dollars to make a couple yeah. of phone calls and it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Perspective pay. is everything. You don't yeah, have yeah. to get your actual hands dirty. No, literally. Uh, yeah, yeah, pig's blood. <laughs> yeah, swine, blood of swine. Where do you even get that? Other uh, than pigs, Michael's Trump's or Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Hobby Lobby. Yeah. <laughs> Next year, they sell all the blood of Christ. Tennessee. <laughs> oh God! All right, so you guys, thank you very much for your reporting. That was really good. Um, <laughs> Spain. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Hashtag Spain. Yeah. Uh, so this week. Uh, There was some new reporting that helped us make some sense of some of the 49 questions that leaked to the New York Times from Trump's legal team. Remember, we did an emergency episode on that. Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, We called it 48 questions because when it when the news was breaking, they reported it as 48. And then later on, it found out there were 49. So been a good last question. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called 48 um, on our episode list there. Uh, So, yeah, take a listen to that if you want. And then um, 
check out this clip from our free bonus episode in the, on the 49 questions because eight of them had to do with sessions. So here, listen to, the, listen to this question. Another one here, and then they get into Jeff Sessions a little bit. Uh, what did you think and do? A time or two. What did you think and do regarding the recusal of Mr. Sessions, right? Uh, what efforts did you make to try to get him to change his mind? Like, how far did you go to, mm-hmm. to try to get Sessions to recuse himself or not recuse himself? Did you discuss whether Mr. Sessions would protect you and reference past attorneys general? Uh, here at MSW, we've reported extensively uh, on the obstruction of justice involving Jeff Sessions and that he was pressured by Trump via Don McGahn not to recuse himself. And we all know Sessions has been the target of a lot of Trump tweets since mm-hmm. he recused. We know Priebus, he told Priebus to, to make Sessions not recuse himself. Uh, we know that Trump has said he wouldn't have hired Sessions if he knew he was if he was going to recuse himself. And he's talked about needing to have him protect him from the Russia investigation, like the way Eric Holder protected Obama from tan suits. Um, Aside from all all that, what I consider to be pretty obvious obstruction, um, there's a a new twist aside from all that. Uh, After Sessions recused himself, Trump went to Mar-a-Lago that weekend, pissed, um, (laughs) pouting, (laughs) pout golfing. Uh, The problem was that there was uh, a big pending case on his Muslim ban, and... uh, New changes had to be signed quickly because of an upcoming court ruling. But Trump is such a baby. He's such a fucking bitch that he was he wasn't taking Sessions phone calls. I'm going to talk to you. Uh, So justice decided decided they had to fly Sessions down to Mar-a-Lago to physically locate the president and get his signature on this fucking thing. It was during that meeting over dinner that Trump pushed Sessions to unrecuse himself. Um, Sessions refused. Uh, And until this week, this confrontation had not been reported anywhere publicly, Um, except there was a hint added in that question that we played you from the 48 questions where they said, you know, what did you do after Jeff Sessions recused to get him to to reverse Mm -hmm. his recusal? Tell us about that. And those are questions written by Trump's lawyers. So Trump knew that he did it. Uh, Trump's lawyers knew that he did it. Um, And. MSW listeners will have already known Mueller was looking into the obstruction surrounding Sessions because of that 48-question episode. So, yeah, eight of those 49 questions were about Sessions. And one of them asked, what efforts did you make to try to get him to reverse his recusal? That's the wording um, that I was looking for. So Mueller has known, we have known, MSW has known. But this reporting by Schmidt at the New York Times gives us the story behind it, like what actually happened. Um, Every day something happens that changes the disposition of the quotes in our opening sequence. Yeah, like they they have a, a life of their own. They're like a wine. They're a living thing, right? So like, so remember. Okay, so let's just go through them. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. To which Manafort goes, "That's what he said. That's that's what I said. That's that's what, what our position is." Like he just stumbles through that. Um, meanwhile, uh, he's up shit creek with judges denying all sorts of motions to dismiss and suppress evidence. Not to mention, I know and you know, he's facing superseding indictments um, on crimes of collusion. So, so that's where that quote is. <laughs> I'm no, no I'm, I don't know. That's our position. Uh, I'm not aware of any of those activities. I've been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign. I, I did not have contact with the Russians. <laughs> this is a lie. And it's the lie that Sessions told Congress that led to his recusal. And as we all know, Trump is facing serious obstruction of justice charges for his behavior um, before and after the recusal of Jeff Sessions. 
So what do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I don't know anything about Putin other than he will respect me. Um, that's been clearly disproven uh, in reports going back to 2013 corroborating the Steele dossier's assertion that Putin and the Kremlin have been courting and grooming Trump for years, five to eight years. Mm -hmm. So that's what you have to get involved with Putin for. <laughs> um, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you find the 30,000 emails that are missing. Uh, we know, and the rest of the world will know, um, that the search for Hillary emails went directly up the ranks of the whole Trump campaign. And we'll find out when Stone and WikiLeaks are indicted and Cohen's slush fund payments will be found to have gone to Russian and Israeli and Saudi internet troll farms. So anyway, oh, how far we've come. Keep all that in mind every time you hear our opening sequence. It's it's kind of fun to think about where we where we were and where we are now. Oh yeah. All right, you guys, we'll be right back. Hey, Mullerites, what are those locked episodes? Those are bonus content episodes exclusively for our patrons. You can join us for as little as one dollar per month. And in addition to unlocking all of our bonus episodes, you get ad-free full-length episodes, our weekly newsletter, which includes photos and infographics, and my personal research notes. We also have gifts like t-shirts, reusable bags for going to the store, the farmer's market. We have stickers and our forthcoming Sexy Justice calendar featuring 12 photos of key figures in the Mueller investigation. We hope you join us and support women in podcasting by visiting MullerSheWrote.com and clicking subscribe. Happy listening. All right, guys, are you ready for the Fantasy Indictment League? Oh, yes. <laughs> Okay, so this week, uh, the story about sealed indictments on Trump made the rounds again. This, this story goes, uh, I see it about every three months, it, it gets a rebirth. Uh, if you guys ever want to like write a Medium article, do it on this subject, because they, <laughs> they just keep pumping it out on Vice or whatever, mm -hmm. HuffPost. So many are speculating that there uh, may already be a sealed indictment for President Trump, or that Mueller will file one in the near future. And the reason behind that would be a lot like the dead man switch concept we talked about last week in our interview with Chris Cluey, the dead man switch being a bunch of sealed indictments that will live on even if Mueller is fired or the entire Justice Department is raptured or whatever. So the sealed, the sealed Trump indictment uh, theory posits that Mueller could indict Trump and keep it under seal so that Trump would never know, but it could be unsealed either if you know, Mueller's fired or Rosenstein's fired or after the president leaves office. Like he could file this sealed indictment and do a report recommendation for impeachment to Congress. And that indictment can just sit there. And meanwhile, that stops the statute of limitations clock ticking. So it's good. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that would mean, again, like I just said, the statute of limitations would not apply because the indictment is what kicks that clock off, according oh, to cool. some legal experts that I've spoken to. So uh, please tweet us if that's not the case, if you happen to know differently. Um, it, that's just the information I got. It also helps Mueller get around the whole Justice Department policy that says you can't indict a sitting president. However, we've done a mini-sode that that's not necessarily the case, as opined by the guy who wrote the policy. Um, but could Mueller have his cake and eat it too? Could he indict Trump, put it under seal, and submit the recommendation for impeachment? That's a new way he could go in this investigation. Um, and because I've seen this report on the sealed indictments um, option a few times now. I figured it was time to bring it up on the show. So nice. what do you guys think? Do you think, uh, I don't know. I think ever since. Mm, 
he's I feel like there just so much has been coming out. He's so close to publicly indicting him. Uh, yeah, I he mean, just needs permission. Year. Yeah, the I feel like 2018. We <clears throat> mentioned before that it could go into 2019, but something tells me that it's this year at, at some point at least. Yeah, well, that's also just for Trump. There's probably a hundred other dudes that they've got to right, yeah. put cases out for, you know. It can go on for the rest. It, but it with the midterms, if we, because we're going to find out if we're going to flip it this year. I can't imagine Mueller won't be influenced by that and decide if, you know, if that's the case, like, well, I better get these out so they can impeach him or whatever. Uh-huh, yeah, well, that's I, what I Giuliani hope. is saying. He's like, you better hurry up and finish your, your yeah. investigation by September 1st. <laughs> totally. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like see that. what his fear would be. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we've already reported on this. Mueller would just go dark during the, mm-hmm. during the midterms if he uh, he's not going to stop investigating exactly because Giuliani wants him to. It's the, <laughs> I don't know what Giuliani's thinking, but anyway, you guys ready for some sabotage? Oh yeah, yes. All right, this is nuts. And I'm sure you guys know this. You all saw this coming because the news is so huge. When it drops Saturday, um, which is right now for us, but a couple days ago for y'all. But a team from the New York Times published a 20-page letter that Trump wrote to Mueller back in January. Uh, Trump's lawyers, I should say, Dowd and Seculo, uh, wrote to Mueller's team back in January. And the basic message is that Trump is above the law. That's their whole theme. (laughs) Uh, We're going to go over this memo in detail in a bonus episode, so keep your eye out for that uh, this week. But basically, Dowd and Seculo wrote this letter saying that Trump does not have to respond to a subpoena because he's busy being president. Oh. uh, And that he can't obstruct justice because he's in charge of justice. Well, Um, okay, I'll be damned. (laughs) Law students in an intro to constitutional law class would know that that's incorrect. I know that that's incorrect. I've never even taken a law class. (laughs) Uh, But what is stunning about this memo is that Trump's legal team admits that Trump crafted the statement on Air Force One, dictated it uh, for the press on behalf of Trump Jr. uh, about the Trump Tower meeting uh, being about adoptions. Remember that whole thing? What's mm-hmm. one of the four areas of obstruction of justice that yeah. Mueller's looking into? Just come out and says, yeah, I did that. Totally. <clears throat> so, it's, And yeah. Hope Hicks was there for that, right? Yeah. So that's an admission of obstruction. And it implicates his son. Hope Hicks and anyone else that was in on it mm-hmm. uh, and witness obstruction and, and hide it. If you witness obstruction and you hide it, that's misprision, right? Mm-hmm. So then <clears throat> Trump tweeted that the Democrats leaked the memo. <laughs> you should look at the Democrats leaking the memo. This letter. How did, how the fuck did they get a copy of it? Did you, some shit you wrote? Did you give it to him? Like, what are you even talking about? Right. Um, or, or is it the 13 hardened Democrats and the Mueller team that leaked it fuck off you leaked it you know you leaked it because it matches everything that giuliani's been trying to kick up shit about for the last three weeks it alludes that trump can pardon himself am i reading yeah i just tweeted about this it's interesting because first okay so (laughs) how many problems are there with this letter let me count the ways so (laughs) oh we're you know doing a whole bonus episode on it there's at least a good 15 obvious low-hanging fruit points that we, you know, that we discussed. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is, you know, they're so desperate at that, at this point. So here's the, okay. So here's the good news. The good news is that to some degree, they are trying to make legal arguments. And I would argue, I would say that, Hey, you know, let's, at least that's keeping it in some realm of acknowledgement that there is a law. 
that exists. It's better than him going on a firing spree and just firing Mueller or Rod Rosenstein, because these are questions that actually can be answered. We have institutions, we have courts and the Supreme Court that are there to interpret the Constitution and the presidential Article two of the Constitution, which outlines presidential powers. So we can arrive at an answer. It's not necessarily a great thing to have to go there, but it can be answered. It's his argument. Uh, collusion isn't. Uh, so what if the, the emails were a gift? It was like a gift. <laughs> uh, collusion isn't a crime. Um, yeah, it totally aligns. Yeah, we met. We met with Russians a whole bunch, but that's not illegal. They were just waiting for the public to be ready for the. Yeah, and you can't. Yeah. you can't obstruct God. justice. President can't obstruct justice because he's in charge of, of justice. But even Chief John Roberts, the Chief Chief Justice in the Supreme Court, he's even said that the POTUS is the commander in chief of the military, not the commander in chief of America. That's a, that would be a king. He's, he's not a king. Yeah, he's not my chief. He might be a taxi king or a condo king, but he's not a king <laughs> king. Uh, he's not above the law. Um, some other key points, and that's that they were shouting that from the rooftops when Clinton was oh totally uh, being impeached. And, mm-hmm. and it, I, I agree, Clinton's not above the law. I I'm, love listening to those clips, by the way. I know, <laughs> even Giuliani, yeah, himself. That remember they played that back for him in an interview, and he's like, "That's not fair." Yeah, I'm so mad. You can't <laughs> say what I said. Oh, so great. God, it was so funny. It's so offensive to our democracy to think that such an outsider can come in and think he can just get all of the privileges of the United States presidency that he doesn't even understand. Yeah, it's, no, yeah. and he doesn't. And they claim executive privilege in this. It, it, it's funny because I'm watching all the legal experts go over this, and they're all like, "These are really dumb lawyers. These are bad lawyers." Yeah. Um, they think they're the smartest people in they, the room, though. They cited 1982 case law that has since been changed. That loophole was closed. Jeez. Uh, Google. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guy. Bing. These Something. Bad lawyers. Yeah, Bing, at least. <laughs> that, I figure, like, Trump would use Bing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a Bing. <laughs> Remember the Bing Bing plan or the Bing 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 act? He wanted to make that a thing. I don't or, know. Or you know what? No, you know what? That was a tweet that I made. He wanted to do <laughs> I get him confused. I get him so confused. Oh, wait, no, I made that up. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you this. He wanted something similar enough that I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Well, the bill is called the Sarbanes-Oxley bill. It closed that loophole. So anyway, mm-hmm. the memo is nuts. We're going to go over it in detail in a mini So check that out this week if you're a patron. If you're not a patron, you can become a patron at, at uh, you can go to MullerSheWrote.com or Patreon, however you want to do it. Um, do otherwise, you, sorry, so, I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? Do you think that they can use that letter as evidence against him yeah and I'm, i want i want to go over that i want to touch on that Ooh. in the in the minisode yeah it's fucking dumb yeah it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen and i know he leaked it and i even tweeted that at him he's like oh leaked by the dumbs i'm like you leaked this you know it mm-hmm. you fucking he thinks we're idiots oh i remember it was the cut 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 act he wanted to make that a thing and it never made it be, never became a bill but he wanted it to be called the cut 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 act for a tax oh, plan oh no yeah. yeah either that or it was the regulations yeah yeah cutting oh, all the regulations he's so basic he's so yeah. basic bitch <laughs> bing yeah oh god all right basic bitch in the basement <laughs> Basic bitch in the basement. Oh no, that's probably me. <laughs> like I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a job hosting cold case files from this podcast. Oh, I would love. You'll that. see me with my Starbucks and my UGG boots and my Lululemon with in a backdrop. That'd basement. be so great. That'd be basic bitch in a basement. <laughs> I'm for hire. Nice. Uh, all right, you guys, you ready for some uh, Q and A? Yes. Yes. All right. Instead of Q and A this week, because uh, we didn't, re- I didn't really put out. A call for questions, <clears throat> and uh, we've addressed a couple of things that people wanted to hear about. We've we we pulled it into the main episode there but 
I wanted to talk about something else. 4,625. That's the number of people estimated to have died in Puerto Rico. Wow. Yeah. Trump's number is 64. So this is shocking to me. <clears throat> a true accounting, uh, I think, is needed. Now, this is a Harvard study that came out that shows almost 5,000 people are dead because of that hurricane. And they're sitting ducks right now for the next one. Hurricane season started oh Friday. Oh, my gosh. You're so right. At midnight. Um, 18,000 people are still without power. They're That's so insane. They don't have water. It's... These are Americans. I, 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 I'm willing to bet Trump doesn't see them as Americans. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, the people that, that vote for him, they also don't see them as Americans. It's, mm-hmm. It definitely comes down to this nationalist bullshit, mm-hmm. you know. And the dehumanization of mm-hmm. people makes yeah. it easier to treat them like that. Totally. Um, yeah. 4,625 versus 64. And he bragged about it in a news conference, too. You remember how many dead? How many? 64? Oh, That's great. God, yeah. He doesn't even know how what to What a great low brag. number. And then throws out paper towels. Yeah, and then throws paper towels at them, dehumanizing them. Wow. Um, so here's, here's what I want to know. Um, and I'm hoping when we flip the Congress blue, please fucking vote. I swear to God. I'll, Primary I'll in face. California is next week. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tuesday. I'm voting. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm not worried about California, but true, true. I still vote. Right. Uh, and I do want to put more progressive candidates in. But anyway... Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be an investigation in Congress. I don't think there will be one until we flip it. Uh, but I mean, four into Puerto Rico, yeah, into Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. five thousand people dead. Four people died in Benghazi. Oh my goodness, you're so right. Four Americans, and they lost. And we their investigated minds. it for four years. Not that they were wrong to be upset, but you're right. The hypocrisy is so clear. Four Americans, four years, zero indictments. 4,600 Americans, 4,625 Americans are dead. And if this Congress doesn't do something, the new Congress we elect in November will. Mm -hmm. So remember, we are not just fighting Republicans, you guys. Um, We are fighting the Russians (laughs) in this election. And not all Russians, but, you know, the the corrupt government. Like, Mm -hmm. I keep finding myself sometimes, like, thinking, like... Yeah, not everyone of Russian descent. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's (laughs) just me. I got to check myself sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't want to be whatever you call... A nationalist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's... I bet Putin I don't would want love that. Be guilty of McCarthyism. Right. Yeah. He would love to point to us and say, see, they hate us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. The dichotomy of their foreign policy versus their domestic policy, too, is insane. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. they're not perfect by any means domestically, you know? Right. They, they suck a lot, uh, especially in their media freedom mm-hmm. laws. But just the shit that they're doing on a national on a global scale is insane it's crazy mm-hmm. yeah and our president's helping so almost he's just letting it happen yeah yeah he, he uh I, i'm hoping our intelligence agencies have put together their multi-agency task force that that christopher ray was talking about um, when he testified uh to congress uh, i haven't seen it i haven't heard about it um we've been hacked already Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we're months away from probably being hacked again. No. Well, I mean, not months away, but it's primary season right now. You think it just could be happening right now? Yeah. It happened a couple a month ago, two months ago, a month and a half ago in Tennessee. Oh, that's from Tuesday here. Wow. Yeah, it could happen here Tuesday. Putin's just like sitting behind this like cyborg, I bet. Fortunately, we have paper ballots here. Oh, Mm -hmm. good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because California is thinking ahead. I'm volunteering as a, uh, I forget my title, something. I take people's ballots. Poll worker. 
Very cool. Well, yes, yeah. them poles. Assistant inspector. Yeah, That's you listen to that guy from Ooh. the open mic, right? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Inspector Jordan. Yeah. That's yeah, it's scary though. Honestly, I know. But yeah, sometimes conservatives are like, "Oh, liberals are saying it's scary." Like, it is that it our votes can be hacked. Yeah. Our votes can be hacked. They want to belittle it. Yeah. We can be psychographically swayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just, I just want to have everyone remember: it's not just Republicans we're running against. We're running against the Kremlin. So mm-hmm. get out there, register, join a phone bank, knock on doors, do everything you can. We will help you. Um, I can't reiterate how important this election is. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. I've been AG. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Market consulting by Amanda Reeder at Unicorn Creative. Our digital media director and subscriber managers are Jordan Coburn and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our partners are fastgrass.org and joysteaspoon.com. Fact checking and research by AG with support from Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Muller She Wrote staff includes AG, Jaleesa Johnson, Jordan Coburn, Sarah Hirschberger Valencia, Jesse Egan, and Sarah Lee Steiner. Our web design and branding are by Joelle Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And, wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone, this is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please, send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Teese, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that right? What we're drinking? It's amazing. It's amazing. Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von friends, and listen to what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I 
step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first time lawyer, I wanna act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.